This is Rush to Reason. You are going to shut your damn yapper and listen for a change because I got you pegged, sweetheart. You want to take the easy way out because you're scared. And you're scared because if you try and fail, there's only you to blame. Let me break this down for you. Life is scary. Get used to it. There are no magical fixes. With your host, John Rush. My advice to you is to do what your parents did. Get a job, first. You haven't made everybody equal. You've made them the same, and there's a big difference. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life, that there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. It is this feeling that has brought you to me. Are you crazy? Am I? Or am I so sane that you just blew your mind? It's Rush to Reason, brought to you by Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. With your host, John Rush. I am your host, Hour 3, Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. Phil Kirpin joining us now, a president of American Commitment. Phil, welcome back. How are you? I am great. How are you? Doing great. I appreciate you joining us tonight. And, you know, there's no, if somebody doesn't know this, they just haven't been paying much attention at all. But we've all by now known about the president's you know debt forgiveness for student loans there's estimates that it's 300 to almost a trillion dollars depending upon how you want to you know do the math and do the figures and honestly who knows until it's all said and done bottom line can he do this without approval from congress boy i don't think so um congress of course has the power of the purse under our constitutional system Uh, the fact that we're talking about Cost estimates in the range that you mentioned uh, means this is a major expenditure of funds. And the idea that the president can discover uh, the authority to do something like this in you know, loopholes of old laws uh, was pretty emphatically rejected by the Supreme Court just a couple of months ago. In West Virginia versus EPA, they said mm-hmm. that when something is a major question, Congress needs to say very clearly, we want you to do this. You can't uh, try to discover it in an old law. And so... Uh, not only does it offend basic constitutional principles, in, in my judgment, but uh, in the judgment of our current Supreme Court, I think it pretty, pretty clearly does as well. And, and one thing I haven't talked much about on this show, and I'm glad you're with us because you can explain this probably better than I, but they are twisting an old September 11th Heroes Act law to actually allow him to, or he's doing it to allow himself to do this. That, to my knowledge, Phil, that's not what that Heroes Act was intended for. Right. This is a law that was passed in 2003, and the theory behind it was, you know, if you're at a time of, of war or a terrorist emergency, uh, and, you know, you've got, to, you've got to call people up to active duty, you've got to deploy them, the Secretary of Education should be able to say, you know what, you don't have to make student loan payments you know, right. while you're on this deployment. Or, Which, you know, by the way, I, you know what, Phil, I don't have a problem with that one. I'm fine with that. That's good. For, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah, that actually, you know, that's, there's a re- I think it was almost unanimous when it passed. I yeah, mean, I'm good with know, that. Okay. So here's what they. So here's what this current president is doing. He's saying, well, you know, the whole first three pages of this law is all about like war and terrorists. But if you actually look at this paragraph down here, it says that the secretary can modify or discharge loans during a national emergency. And well, COVID's a national emergency, so I can discharge everybody's loans. Mm-hmm. And this is the uh, this is the rationale, the legal rationale of the memo that they put out. But yet I think uh, interesting. Wasn't it Sunday night in 60 minutes? He said it's over though. Yeah, I think one of the reasons that they, they walked <laughs> it back. I, 
I think one of the reasons they walked that back pretty aggressively is that it makes a mockery of his uh, yeah. know, uh, alleged legal authority to do this, uh, you know, mass loan discharge. Um, I feel all I can do is shake my head. I, I've said all along I don't think he has – I don't think any president, by the way – has the power to do this, and I can I can assure you that if any other president, Republican and or Democrat, had done this prior, uh, there'd be a huge outcry. But for some odd reason, because we're now I get thirty two trillion dollars in debt, that it's okay to add another trillion dollars to it. I guess it's no big deal anymore. Uh, I, you know, who used to agree with you on that? Nancy Pelosi. There's video of her maybe a year ago saying only Congress can forgive student loans. That right. is an appropriation of money, and only Congress. And then you know they asked her about it after the president's big announcement. She's like, "Oh, the brilliant lawyers at the White House found a way, and I, they showed me I was wrong." It's like, yeah, okay. yeah, sure they did. And again, and I've always made sure I'm clear on this. This is money that I know we've already spent as a country. You know, we, we put that money aside. It's like a business that does work, and there's an account receivable. I get all of that. The difference here here is, Phil, is it still is money being spent because we're having to, quote-unquote, now write this off. In other words, we're not going to collect this money, so it now is an expenditure. Well, of course, you know, these loans were supposed to be paid back. With interest, by the way. In fact, yeah, I mean, the interesting, the really funny thing about this is the federal takeover of student lending, the nationalization of student lending, actually uh, passed in the sidecar bill to Obamacare. And what I mean by that is Scott Brown won his election, and they no longer had 60 votes uh, to kind of do the final version of Obamacare. And so what they did is they kind of took an incomplete version that had already passed the Senate before his election, and then they said, we're going to marry it up with a reconciliation bill to make a whole bunch of changes. And they, the name of that reconciliation bill was the Healthcare and Education Reconciliation Act, mm. Sarah. And the education part was they ended, they terminated the previous federal lending programs, which were all based on uh, basically subsidizing private lending. Uh, and they said, we're just going to have direct lending. It's just the federal government's going to directly make the loans. And they claimed that this would make money for taxpayers. This was a pay-for. Yeah. This was how they were going to pay for Obamacare. They say, oh, we'll make so much money on the interest, and we'll cut the banks out, and uh, you know, the, the U.S. Treasury will make money on this deal. And you know, it only was a few years after that when they changed their projections that actually we're going to take losses on this. And you know, here we are now. It's a decade later, and they're basically saying, yep. oh, we don't need to get that money back at all. We'll just, you know, we'll just discharge you know, ten dollars to $20,000 for every single lender. And by the way, it's not like that's, you can just do that once. So the expectation will be this will become a regular thing. That's right. Thing if it's that's exactly right. No, thank you. It will happen regularly. Yeah. And uh, the college, you know, the university administrators, they're not idiots. They're going to jack tuition through the roof. Yes, they are. They know that people are not going to think they're going to have to pay it. And that's they'll right. probably be right. That's, no, and you know what? They'll get paid. Uh, that, that's the bottom line. They don't care. They're going to get paid. It's interesting, too, when you said that, you know, back then they were talking about how this would be a way to offset some of what was happening in regards to Obamacare, or in fact, pay for it. It's interesting. We just went through the Inflation Reduction Act, quote unquote, which, by the way, it is none of. And in that, they figured in all sorts of things that would offset their costs, if you would. Bottom line, Phil, I didn't see anything in that bill and in, in what it ended up getting passed that will do anything of the sort. That thing is strictly a bunch of pork barrel that's going to cost us money, period. 
Oh, it's a joke. You know, they, uh, you know, they, they have a big expansion of Obamacare subsidies in there yep. uh, to go back to Obamacare. And then, you know, they've got all the green energy and electric vehicles yep. and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, the way they pay for all of it, supposedly, is they've got this new tax on financial statement income of large publicly traded companies. They've got this doubling of the size of the IRS to go, you know, shake people down and harass them. And, and by the way, that's not going to be going after tons of rich people. Nope, they already go after the rich people and they have great lawyers, and they, they usually can defend right. everything on their tax return. It's basically going to be like they're going to send every small business person a letter saying, you know what, you owe an extra however many thousand dollars from however many years ago, and most of them are going to say, it's going to be more expensive for me to fight this, and they're going to send it in. So that's what it's going to end up being, I think. No, I think you're uh, right. So they have that. And then the other thing they have is they have, um, you know, they have this, uh, they, these prescription drug price caps that they put in also, which mm-hmm. basically... It's just going to raid a ton of money out of Medicare prescription drug spending, and uh, I don't think that's actually going to stand. I've been around long enough to know that once seniors start squealing about how prescription drugs aren't as available as they used to be, they're going to put that money back. And so it's all going to end up being deficit spending. Uh, and, and just to make a total mockery of the whole thing, remember, they're, they're – Ridiculous logic, such as it was, was this is going to reduce inflation because the revenue raisers are larger than the spending increases, mm-hmm. and so it's going to reduce federal borrowing. Well, one week later, the president said, I'm going to discharge, you know, half a trillion dollars right. of student loans. Right, right. It, 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 it makes, I mean, we all know they know what they're doing, Phil. This, this isn't anything where they have not, you know, sat down, uh, planned out, schemed, figured out what they're going to do on the front side. Th- th- these are not unintelligent people by any stretch of the imagination. They know exactly what they're doing. And I f- firmly believe that they know one of the best ways to cripple this country is to do it financially, and that's their goal. Uh, you know, I don't know that it's I, – I, I don't know that most of them are actually malicious. I think that uh, – oh, you, You're nicer they, than I am. Yeah, I mean, I think that – I think they just think they can print money – you know, yeah, like these are a bunch of communists that want to ruin the country, Phil. They could care less about all. I mean, yeah, they know they can do all of that, but trust me, they're malicious. They have they have no care for you and I or any other citizen of this great country at all. That's my view. Well, you know, I think I, I think the um, you know to a certain extent that's true, but I, part of it is also they think you know if we hand out free money to everyone, they'll be appreciative, and uh, you know when they pay for it later in inflation, we'll blame you know, evil corporations or whatever. And so I, I think they they see political advantage in all of oh, that. Oh, no doubt. Now, that I'm not going to disagree with you on, but I, I do think that they're a lot more nefarious than most people will uh, will say, and I, I'm not afraid to say it. I, I, I've watched these folks. I've, I've talked about it on air many, many times. I mean, tell me one thing they actually do to help people at the end of the day. Uh... Yeah, not much. I mean, I'm not <laughs> thank you. Current I mean, because everything we've talked about so far does nothing but harm those. In fact, the inflation well, we're going through the right thing. now there and are, the, and the interest rate raised honest. today is going to do nothing but hurt the poorest. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you know, you look at you, you look at what's happening to housing right now, and uh, you know, that's housing affordability is being hit even harder than all the other Correct. things have already gone up in price Correct. because of what's happening to interest rates. But, you know, I I think the um, I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Oh, oh I was going to say, you know what I was going to say? No, we do have a problem. We do have a problem with student loans. Uh, there are a lot of people who are in a situation where they just can't pay their loans. And, uh, you know, we've decided that student loans are not going to be dischargeable in bankruptcy for a variety of reasons. Uh, I would actually like to see that revisited. And I think that uh, there should be, it should be a little bit easier to have discharge than it is right now where it's almost impossible. We have a real bankruptcy situation. Um, 
that said, I think you've got to build something in where the, the institution, the university or college, uh, is on the hook for some well, of that. Well, yeah, yeah, no, I, thank you, Phil. That yeah, no, no. But I, I do think there's got to be a way right. for the people who are really, really, you know, yep. uh, you know, really sort of in a, in a bad situation. They, they should have a way to wipe the slate clean. That's the whole point of having bankruptcy laws. But, you know, the, this approach from the Democrats and from this president, it doesn't really help the people who are in dire straits because a lot of them have way more debt than ten to twenty thousand dollars. Good point. They have no way to pay and can't get out of. Um, and it just, just purely for the purpose of purchasing, uh, you know, po- political gratitude. Yep. It gives almost everyone. You know, as long as you're under two hundred fifty thousand dollars as a couple, you get ten to twenty thousand yep. just wiped off, transferred to yep. taxpayers right. essentially. And that's, that's, right. that's so many people. That could pay it are just not going to have to right. because the president right. wants to give give them a uh, you know a, a handout. Before I let you go, really quick, my idea on the student loan end of things has always been and will continue to be: it needs to run just like the SBA. The financial institution needs to take a twenty percent stake in the risk of what's going on there. They would vet their students out better. They would provide a better program. They would do their best to not have any defaults because they know they're on the hook for twenty percent of that. If we did that, things would change overnight, Phil. Yeah, I love it. I, I'd love to see something like that. I think you have a, if you have a, if you have like a, you know, there's actually a bipartisan bill that's pretty similar to that uh, that Dick Durbin and uh, John Cornyn put in. I think it's you know after ten years, uh, you can have bankruptcy discharge of student loans, but there's a provision for cost recovery from the college. Uh, so I need to look at the exact. I don't know what the percentage hmm. is, but you know, there, there's actually potentially some bipartisan support for something like that. But I mean, how are you ever going to get Democrats on board with something that actually makes sense when they're just saying, ah, we'll just We'll just print the money and pay it off. Great and that's question. Where they are right now. Great question, Phil. Always, always enjoy it. How do folks find you, sir? AmericanCommitment.org. AmericanCommitment.org. Phil, thanks as always. I appreciate it, sir. Right, Have a great night. Appreciate it very much. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air is up next. And again, they've got a great AC, or sorry, furnace tune-up special, which in some cases might include the AC as well. But have them come out, look at your furnace, get it tuned up, save money, and make sure things fire up correctly as we get into winter. Find them at klzradio.com or 720-526-0231. Furnaces tend to break the most when they are under the most demand, when everyone is home for the holidays. When you run your furnace year after year without getting it looked at professionally, you raise the risk of losing heat. Proactively ensure the reliability of your furnace with a tune-up from Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. You should know the true condition of your furnace before the busy season. Don't get stuck waiting for a technician instead of enjoying your holiday. Absolute can ensure all the essential components are in good working order and that everything is clean so there are no issues in the future either. For KLZ listeners only, Absolute is offering $59 furnace tune-ups, helping you proactively in the downtime so your heat won't go out when you need it most this winter. Schedule at 720-526-0231, 720-526-0231, or visit klzradio.com today. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. Flashing back, have Kevin on your side no matter what legal issue you might have going on, good, bad, or otherwise. Uh, FleshLawFirm.com is the place to go, by the way. It's F-L-E-S-C-H. Or put this in your phone, 303-806-8886. Personal injury attorney Kevin Flesh of Flesh and Beck Law has a unique background that makes him a more effective advocate for you. He handles both criminal and civil cases. 
Most attorneys only do one or the other, but Kevin has almost 25 years of experience on both sides, which means he has more practice in the courtroom. Most personal injury attorneys will say they have experience in court, but since only about 10% of personal injury cases actually go to trial, those attorneys only appear in court once or twice a year. Because Kevin also takes criminal cases, he appears in court constantly. Kevin has a rare ability to present an argument that only comes from years of experience learning how to read a courtroom. Personal injury attorney Kevin Flesh continues to practice both civil and criminal defense because he believes the courtroom keeps him nimble. Trial tested, trial ready. Kevin Flesh of Flesh and Beck Law. Schedule a free consultation now. 303-806-8886. All right, K&R Home Transitions. If you're thinking of buying a home, selling a home, just transitioning from one home to another, maybe you're at a point where you just want to downsize. You've gotten to the point where it's like, hey, I don't need to take care of all the square footage any longer. Catherine and Robin can help you. Call the ladies today, 720-437-8210. With K&R Home Transitions, you get more than you see on the surface and two experts for the price of one. Can you imagine if you had to hire two realtors? With each of them having different areas of expertise, they are able to do more than the typical agent to help you get the best deal for your home purchase or to sell your home for top dollar fast. After all, one agent simply can't know everything or do everything. Speaking of doing, Cat and Robin are not shy about getting their hands dirty. From cleaning toilets to laying baseboards, they've done it. As a team, they work hard in tandem because they realize that you need more from the current housing market and you need more for your home. K&R Home Transitions does everything in their power to go above and beyond throughout the buying and selling process because it is truly about you and doing their best for you. Get more than you see on the surface. Get two for the price of one. Visit klzradio.com slash home. Again, that's klzradio.com slash home. Powered by Worth Clark Realty. This is Rush to Reason on KLZ 560. All right, I'll take a quick segment here and then come back and uh, do another quick break. Scott Garlis will join us here at the bottom of the hour, which because I have, uh, normally he's on Thursdays, but tomorrow we'll have Kurt Rogers joining us in the uh, in the last hour, which we've got a lot to talk about with Kurt now that we saw interest rates go up again, three quarters of a point today. Scott will chime in on that as well. Uh, but back to Phil for just a moment. And by the way, I enjoy Phil. Uh, he's a lot more politician-like than I, of course, which you could tell. But I did think it was funny when I asked him, name one thing the Democrats really do for the folks. You know, positive things they do. And I could tell he was thinking, and I didn't interrupt. I just thought, you know, a little silence here isn't a bad thing. He couldn't come up with any. Because guess what? There isn't any. You look at everything that's going on around us right now, and every single thing they're doing affects those that are in need in a much, much worse way than it does those that aren't. In fact, some of those that aren't, that are on the upper end of things, will actually make out in times like this. They'll take advantage of opportunities and things that come along. They'll take advantage of somebody else's misfortune. By the way, not, not criticizing, it's just what happens. If there's an opportunity, they'll take it. So what they're doing right now economically, student loan forgiveness isn't going to help because it's just going to add to the inflation that we've already got. I mean, all these things that's, that are going on right now, I keep going back to COVID, the policies of, and so on. None of it is designed to help people. They don't care about people. 
They care about themselves and the destruction of this country. Period. And I'm not sure Phil has ever really ever heard that before. Probably not from a talk show host like myself. But you know what? I don't mince any words. You guys all know that. I just threw it out there. Phil, these guys have one thing and one thing only they want to do. Destroy the country from the inside out. And if they can do it financially, they will. And believe me, they're doing their best to do so. And no, they do not care about people. Not one iota. And those of you that are on the left, shame on you. Shame on you. Those of you conservatives slash Christians that couldn't vote for Trump because he was just too mean, shame on you too. You're the problem also. In fact, I think, I'm going to be quite honest. Not that I would ever lie to you, but I'm going to be really honest right now. I am more irritated at those so-called conservatives that voted for Biden than I am the hardcore liberals that will vote for him every single time. At least I know where I stand with those guys. I know a hardcore lefty when I see one. You know what? I can deal with that. They're mentally ill. I can't help them. It is what it is. Christians and conservatives, though, that got their feelings hurt and wouldn't vote for Trump and had to vote for Biden, you guys are pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. You're the scourge of the earth as far as I'm concerned. I have no use for you. None. Zero zilch. Yeah, I'll call it out where a lot of others won't. I'll call it out where other hosts won't. I'll call it out where some of my co-hosts on NCR won't. National Crawford Roundtable, by the way. You'll hear it tonight. I'm a lot harder than Bob, Neil, and Roger are when it comes to this. I really am. Bob's probably second to me. Roger and Neil are both pastors. They've got to be more diplomatic. I don't. I, I don't owe any of you anything. Those individuals I'm talking to, I mean. You're scumbags as far as I'm concerned. You voted for a guy that is out to destroy this country. Shame on you. You, sh- you should be ashamed of yourself. In fact, you ought to be running around to all of your fellow Christians that you knew voted for Trump apologizing. Hey, I'm sorry. I screwed up. I'll never do that again. You were right. They're not going to say that, though. Why? Because you're a bunch of chicken littles. That's why. You're pathetic is what you are. Every time I see one of you, which I saw one of you today, you make my stomach turn. Literally, you make my stomach turn. You know what you did. And you're so high and mighty and Christian-like, quote-unquote, you won't admit you're wrong. In fact, I guarantee you, to this day, you'll never admit you're wrong because you think you were right by voting for Joe Biden. You weren't. And you are the problem. Not part of the problem. You are the problem. I have no use for you whatsoever. I know that sounds really harsh, but I don't care. Dan, you're next. Go ahead, sir. Hey, uh, going back to the the immigration thing. Yes. That you're talking at the end of the hour. Yes. So I know I know people. Of course, working in a casino, there's quite a bit of diverse diversity of. Um, People from different countries, and right. that's true diversity. That's not this diversity that you accept a, a gay person, accept a right. lifestyle, or a, or a transgender person uh, and their lifestyle. It's it that's true diversity to me, and it's understanding people's cultures. But one of the, one of the articles I read today was talking about how the Latino people are are exiting the Democratic Party because they're not they don't. They're, they're against what they believe in. They came to this country for 
for opportunity mm. and to make a better life. Mm-hmm. And there's there's one million, uh, I guess, Hispanic Latino people that are turning 18 each year, and they're starting to switch to the conservative side. Good for them. Because they don't like they don't like what the Democrats are doing. They're anti-family. They're anti-faith. Uh, they're anti-country. I mean, they they spent the time getting here legally, and I've I, I've because of some of the uh, people that have gotten citizenship that I know at the casinos, they've showed me the test mm. and the study materials they have to do, and I I guarantee you that the majority of us that grew up in, a, in the United States could not pass that exam nope. without studying it ourselves. You're correct. Because I was reading some of the questions, like, "Wow, I, I think I remember that question." Trust me, I I, I've been I've been through it. some of those of late, and uh, there's some, there's actually some uh, YouTube channels and such out there where it's almost like they're just constantly streaming those particular questions, where you can go through and try to answer them yourself and see how right you are. And to your point, Dan, man, I, I had to study a little bit. It's like, holy cow, I forgot some of this stuff. Right, and the thing is, is the, the Hispanic and the people who have gotten over here legally, I. They ought to be up in arms about all these people Agree. coming across. Illegally and you know what? Because, and you know what? Here's the thing, Dan. Most of them are. Yeah, because all the effort and time that they put into becoming a legal citizen and just allowing somebody to come across because, quote unquote, we have a heart for them. Mm-hmm. They 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 know what they're doing. Like you, yep. you're talking about. They want to destroy the country within. So. Yep. That's that's one of the things they want to do. You and got it. They'll do it through immigration. So. Yep. Anyways, that's thanks, that's Dan. My comment. As always, appreciate it very much. We'll get Scott on in just a moment. Hi Five Plumbing is next, and yes, they'll service your swamp cooler. Which, by the way, right now you probably ought to get close to shutting down. If you haven't done it yet, get her done. Hi Five Plumbing eight seven seven We High Five. Come join the High Five team. High Five Plumbing has been in business for over ten years in Denver, Colorado, and was recently awarded Denver Chamber of Commerce Small Business of the Year. We are a family business focused on residential service with two locations in the Denver metro, and we're hiring. We're currently looking for plumbing technicians, installers, apprentices, customer service representatives, and dispatchers. High Five offers competitive perks with full medical benefits including health, vision, and dental, paternity and maternity leave, unlimited time off with advance notice, and 48 hours of PTO. Strategize your career and work at High Five Plumbing. Our apprentice program will teach you and guide you to become a plumbing technician. You'll be around our best senior technicians in the industry. No matter what you apply for, High Five offers regular training and career development opportunities. Apply to be a part of the High Five Plumbing Crew and find a professional, growth-oriented community where every workday ends with a high five. Apply at highfiveplumbing.com and click on Now Hiring. Extreme Auto Repair, make sure you've got great tires as we head, good tires, I should say, new tires as we head into the winter months, which aren't that far away. Extreme Auto Repair, 303-841-1071, and Cooper Tires are at cost there. Also find them at klzradio.com. Go with your gut. You know when an estimate from a mechanic doesn't feel right. Maybe they're telling you to fix a bunch of stuff you didn't even know was broken. Maybe their prices seem surprisingly high. The team at Extreme Auto Repair in Parker will give you a second opinion for free so you know what's reasonable and what's not. They can typically beat the prices of their competitors, but they won't hold it against you if you decide to go back to the first guy. Either way, you have the peace of mind. The team at Extreme Auto Repair wants to keep you safe and help your vehicle last longer, but they never want to pressure you into repairs that you don't really need. 
So with every estimate, the team at Extreme Auto Repair will give you a priority list, showing you all of your recommended maintenance items in order, from most to least important. That way, you decide what you want to take care of now and what can wait until later. Free second opinions at klzradio.com extreme. Promises kept. Solar Energy Partners, folks, uh, call Alan today. Find out how he can save you money. And keep in mind, what you're doing is locking yourself in on what those energy prices will be moving forward. Because guess what? They're not coming down. So figure out how to do that now. Call Alan, 303-378-7537. When you pay your power bill, 1% of the money is used to hire people whose jobs are to increase your power bill. Never see another rate increase from big energy again when you invest with solar energy for your home with Alan Davis of Solar Energy Partners. Getting you a return for your solar investment is Alan's main priority. You may even receive a negative bill from the energy company, meaning they pay you. Alan's primary concern is saving you money with solar. Enjoy consistent rates, a 30% federal tax credit, and increased market value on your home. Alan only sells what he believes will give you a great financial return. The unprecedented rate increases are only going to continue. Locking in a lower rate now means that no matter what the government lets big energy do, you'll still pay the same rate or less for your energy. Don't pay them to raise the rates on you. Make an investment with your power now. Make your investment today by contacting Alan at klzradio.com sun or by calling 303-378-7537. This is Rush to Reason. Brought to you by Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. All right, we're going to take a quick call before we get Scott Garlis on. Ben, go ahead, sir. Hello? Hello, Can Ben. You, this is Ben. Can you, yeah. Hey, I, you know, I'm going in my mind down a list of problems you brought up, and I agree with, usually I agree with everything you say, um, but I was thinking about this fentanyl problem. Yes. I remember back uh, a few years ago, some of these people, they got envelopes of anthrax, and they were congressmen or something. And I'm thinking, where's the bioterror alert on fentanyl? Oh, good question. Here, 100,000 people get killed every year Great point. some damn thing. Great point. Just from touching it. To me, that's a biohazard. What is Biden doing about that? Absolutely nothing, Ben, as you know. It's pouring across the border, literally. I've talked a little bit about that, but to your point, not... Not much. I should more, actually, because to your point, it's a huge, huge problem, and it's something that really is, is going unaddressed right now. And if it's a bioterror thing, what about the uh, military, you know, all enemies, yeah. foreign and domestic? Well, that's domestic. It's it's foreign and it's domestic. It hits both of it them. It does. And, and, and with the open way. borders we have, it's just pouring across right now, as you know. And, and I have absolute respect for the military, but... Fellas, especially near the top, what do we pay generals to do? Yeah, good point. Admirals, generals. Great point. Anyway, I'll let you go. No, Ben, I, I can't argue with you. You're spot on. Appreciate that very much. And, and I will do a better job of talking about fentanyl because, yes, it is a huge problem that we probably don't give it enough uh, enough attention. Scott Garlis joining us now, Stansbury Research. What's going on, sir? How much. John, how are you this evening? I'm doing okay, other than, uh, well, I mean, we knew it was coming. I'm surprised it wasn't a full point, another three-quarter point out of the Fed. Uh, no, Not shocked. What I am shocked at is they're still talking about another one before the end of the year. Yeah, so that was that was really interesting. Um, they, they guided for another three-quarter point rate hike in November. Uh, that was that was a bit unexpected. It's it's almost getting to the point where it's like, hey, you have a goal on where you want interest rates to go. Just put them there. Why don't you, 
Just put them there. Let's yeah. end this death by a thousand cuts. Exactly. Let's get there and figure it out. And just, and so, and, and again, I, to, I, to your point, and by the way, 100% agree with you. It's like, listen, if you guys want to be at, you know, four and a quarter or whatever the rate you want it to be, then just put the thing there, set it, and be done with it. Why this incremental nonsense? I mean, it's almost like... They're doing good, you know, did good, good, bad, or ugly. They have no idea. They're on a mission. Just put it there. That's right. Um, you know, what, what was really interesting today, so when this initially came out, the market went up 1.3%. Okay. When Powell, Powell started talking, it cratered another 3%, and we closed down on a day 1.7%. Okay. Um, but, you know, one of the big things, like, and this is something we discussed, and it shouldn't come as a surprise, but... Suddenly, Mr. Soft Landing went to, I don't know what's going to happen economically. No, what we did, we went from soft landing to let's just jump on a trampoline, Scott. Yeah, (laughs) basically. And it's, I mean, we've been, he's been trying to say soft landing, soft landing this whole time. It's like a soft landing isn't going to happen when you raise interest rates like this. Nope, it's not. When you have the government throws all this crazy stimulus at the economy. And people can buy things they, they couldn't afford before and do all these other things. I mean, it's going to have consequences yep. down the road. And, 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 and to, your, to your point, too, Scott, they haven't stopped. It'd be, it'd be one thing if yeah. we were at kind of a stabilization point and government wasn't overspending. But, you know, we just had a president forgive you know, anywhere from a half a trillion to a trillion dollars in student loans, which I know the money's already been spent, but it's money we will not now receive, which means it goes to the expense column on, on, a, you know, on an income statement. So the bottom line is we're not going to see that money. It does now turn into real solid debt for us as a country that we have to pay back. No matter what, it's money we spent we didn't have. Yeah, and, and I mean, along those lines too, with the uh, what was it, the Inflation Reduction Act um, that you know got basically got passed because Joe Manson Correct. decided to, to change, change uh, well, not change sides, but go along his party on this one. It's I, I do find it interesting too that uh, suddenly Manson, the stuff Manson was angling for, he's having a hard time finding support. These guys had said they were going to help out with you know getting energy projects approved. They're no longer interested. Mm. Shocking on that one too. Yeah. Uh, but so, yeah. Basically, the Fed Fed told us today that they're trying to kill economic demand because what we've seen over the last year, especially in 2021, was just it was way too high. Um, and you know, they also cut their economic growth outlook from 1.7 percent to 0.2 percent for the year. Um, it's it's pretty hard to imagine that between June when they made their last last forecast on economic projections to today that all of a sudden 1.5% in economic growth just disappeared. Wow. Um, so so they kind of, it's, it's more a dose of reality, but if the Fed's cutting it down to 0.2%, that means they think we're probably already in a recession. Which you and I have already talked about. We already know we're there. I mean, I think the biggest question, the bigger question that both you and I had was, how long are we going to be there? And from what I'm hearing, the Fed say a long time. Yeah, um, exactly. And the question would be, again, you've asked this a number of times, like how severe is it going to be? I mean, that, that remains to be seen. But if we stay on this crazy, you know, if we keep hiking rates like this, it, it's going to be pretty severe. Um, you know, I, I don't think people fully appreciate credit card debt, you know, business, small businesses, you know, Anybody that has debt, they're going to have to start servicing that debt at higher rates. You know, people won't be able to afford 
cars like they once could. Obviously, you know, housing supply potentially goes up because people can't afford to buy homes like they once could. Um, it, It has ripple effects all over the economy. Um, yeah, I mean, in fact, one of the things I wanted to dovetail into, so you're, you're sort of segueing anyways, is, you know, the new car side of the fence. Unfortunately, there still isn't great supply, which, you know, you and I predicted, and it hasn't changed. And even though all the naysayers said by now the used car market would be, you know, literally, you know, it would have been dropped like a rock by now, and there'd be plenty of new cars. The reality is there still isn't new cars. Used car prices are still up. I don't see that changing. Interest rates will slow some of that down you know, new and used, although, Scott, my predictor is not much because people still have to have transportation. Stuff happens. There's accidents, totals, you know, new drivers, uh, you know, old cars wear out. I mean, that's one of those areas where as much as the Fed may want to slow that down, they might slow the new car thing down ever so slightly. But the bottom line is people still have to have cars. Yeah, well, one of the problems with new cars, though, is currently the supply. Like uh, Ford said the other day, uh, they took their, their guidance down for the year because, they said they can't finish cars. You've talked about this a number of times. Yep. Uh, you were talking about it over the summer. That Ford can't get parts to finish cars right now. Yep. So th- those are car sales that they're losing out on. Now, the bigger question, like when I look at stuff like that and what I wonder about is like, okay, well, if you can't get the parts to finish these cars and sell them right now when the car market's hot and their margins are probably better than they've ever been or they have been in a long right. time, um, you know, if the economy tanks because of all this stuff going on and we have to, you know, pay the piper for all this crazy stimulus and spending that we sell, what's going to happen with all those car sales they can't make right now because they can't finish the cars? If the economy really goes down the tubes and that, that demand dries up, Ford might get stuck with a bunch of cars that they can finally finish, but pricing's gone. And yeah. pricing could actually could could go to the point if things are bad enough that Well, they could. I mean, you you and I both know there's been recessions before, times before, not just recessions. But, man, there was a time there for a while, Scott, from about – I mean, I've lived through all of this. I've had a fleet that I've operated through all of this. I mean, I can remember a time – you know, back after September 11th, where you could pretty much buy any car you wanted for 0% interest for about 10 years straight. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. And those guys were, you know, again, they were upping the price of the car a little bit, but then they were they were taking a hit on the backside because, you know, they had to keep producing cars, keep factories going, keep the people employed and so on, and they were taking a hit. Uh, yeah, they were getting a little bit more money out of the car itself, but at the end of the day, uh, the only buddy really it was making out at that point was the dealership because they were actually selling the cars, but the manufacturers were not making a boatload of money because they had to give that up because they, they had to credit back the financing that they normally would have had. Yeah, I, I want to say, you know, as recently as it was like 2017 and 2018, I mean, those guys were only making like one and a half percent margins uh, by the time they sold the car and, and everything else was taken out of it. I mean, that that's that's pretty thin in terms of business. I mean, you got to do some serious volume yes. to make that add up. And, and the other thing that I, again, I keep bringing this up to you, and I, I know you don't, you know, you 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 don't know the answer to this, and I still think that's it's worthy to mention or it's worth mentioning is I still think all of these car companies, Ford included, is inflating their numbers. I think they've got the numbers of the vehicles that you just mentioned that I've talked about they have that they can't finish. I still think they're counting those as as produced, finished vehicles, and that's what they're telling Wall Street when, in fact, they're not. That's my own gut feeling. Uh, it's very possible. I mean, I, I, would, I would hope that based on accounting standards, there's somebody that, you know, 
has takes a good look at that and makes sure that it's not the case. But it's funnier things have happened. Um, uh, yeah, we've, we've seen things, you know, let's face it, Scott, in you and I's lifetime and what we've seen even since, you know, the 2000, 2001 recession, I mean, we've seen all sorts of funny things that have happened. And again, these guys have all sorts of ways of, you know, quote unquote, you know, making up their own narrative as to what they consider a sale to be. And if they figure that they've got a good order and that car is, you know, 99% complete, but it just doesn't have the right ship to get it shipped off to the dealer, they're going to, trust me, I guarantee you, they're factoring that thing is sold. Com- completely. Um, but so another another thing that's going on here too, though, John, with, with what's going on with the Fed. So we go back to, you know, the Fed has to take this action because um, they probably kept rates too, too loose for too long mm-hmm. because of all this spending create demand and destroyed the value of the dollar, all that, you know, all that fun stuff. Um, but with the Fed on this rate hike path, um, what they're doing, too, because of what's going on with the dollar and the dollar's shooting up in value because they're, they're rate hikes by the, and yields going up so people want to buy U.S. debt because it pays better returns, um, they're exporting inflation to all of these other economies all over the world. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're seeing, like, the euros at the lowest level in 20 years, you know, the yens. At, I can't remember how long it's been since the yens this week. Uh, the pounds week, the wands week. It starts becoming a problem from a global economic standpoint. Because mm-hmm. as you're exporting inflation everywhere else, yep. you start destro- destroying those economies, too. Um and they have to be careful because, you know, on top of that, you throw on what's going on with gas prices, you know, natural gas, because of what's going on with Russia and Ukraine, you could be causing serious stress in the global, the global financial system and basically cratering the global economy if you keep this up. Um, I, you know what? You're, you're sharper on that than I am, and there's nothing you just said I can disagree with because that's exactly what's happening. And then you got to start wondering, what is their ultimate goal here? And, you know, is it just to, you know, get us back on track, or are there bigger factors at play here that we don't know about? And I don't know that answer. Yeah, it's, exactly. I mean, I, I, I think they genuinely want to get us back on track. But, yeah, I mean, they, I, I feel like the Fed thinks they have to make up for the fiscal spending that's going on and what happened with fiscal stimulus. And they don't want to tell the White House that, but but that's what's happening. And that's why this continues to be a painful process. Mm-hmm. I can't argue um, that either, by I, the way. Yeah, and so I mentioned this about the global economy, too, because of we were talking about a company like Ford, Ford and GM. I mean, if the global economy starts to fall apart, I mean, those guys do sell a, a lot of cars outside of the U.S. They do. That's Good gonna, point. Great point. Even more, yeah. Okay, yeah. so bringing it back home, housing. We don't we don't export housing. That is something that happens here. I've noticed even, you know, in our in our market here in Colorado, which you know, we, let's face it, we have a pretty hot market. In fact, the west side of town is sort of like the you know the coastal areas, the beach areas where it really doesn't take huge hits like even other parts of the country do. But even there, I'm noticing Scott that you know there there are some deals to be had now. That, you know, there's some negotiations that can be happening. Inventory sitting on the market a little longer than it once was. Yeah, there's still that one-off here and there that sells in a weekend, but that is that is not the norm. What do you see housing doing now that we're another three-quarters of a point higher and may even go another three-quarters by the end of the year? What do you see happening on that? Well, I would, would think housing prices. I mean, Powell basically said he wants to see a housing correction. He said that's what we need to have happen for the supply of homes versus demand to come back into balance. 
you know, I don't know. We talked about something last time um, about how, you know, is the Fed really thinking about stuff? Like, we have a population that's aging. Right. You know, the demographic keeps getting older. People that are dropping out of the workforce might not ever be coming back. So that workforce might be supply constrained forever. Conversely, uh, with what's going on in housing, you know, since 2012, the number of new families that have been formed can't keep up with housing supply. Right. Well, I'm sorry, housing supply can't keep up with, with that. Correct. Number of new families have been So I don't know. I think it's going to take a long time for that amount of housing supply to I come agree. back. I think the other factor that the Fed's not looking at as well, and you and I have talked about this some, but the more I've been thinking about this lately, the more I think I'm I'm not wrong. Let's let's take even those those older boomers that may have accumulated, you know, one, two, or even three houses, Scott, depending upon how well they've done in life. You know, maybe they've got their primary residence, maybe they have a, a house, you know, that's up in the mountain someplace, it's their cabin, whatever. Maybe they've got one down south yeah. someplace where it's nice and warm. Here's my thought on that as well. And tell me if I'm right, wrong, or otherwise. I don't see those coming back in the market. Once those individuals pass on, I could easily see yeah. the families, you know, the, the you know, the, the kids of those particular parents, you know, still keeping those homes in the family, using them in the exact same way their parents did. And I really don't see those yes. things coming back to market unless I'm wrong. I, I, I would agree with that. It's, uh, it's just, it, it may not be worth it. Um, it would probably want to cost you way more to buy one of those. Um, and granted, they're going to be estate taxes and everything else involved. Um, but you know, just something that you know you're familiar with, you have it the way you want it. I, I just... I wonder a little bit if the Fed isn't using some sort of outdated metrics in terms of the scope and the way they're looking at things. I think and they are. They're, they're running the risk of overcorrecting. Yep. And I, I, could, frankly, Scott, I, I'm going to call it now. I think they already have. I think they should have let the last rate hike stay. I think they should have waited yeah. six months. We talked about this the other day. They should have waited six months. Waited to see what happened. They they did this one way too soon. If they do another one by the end of the year, they're they're gonna they're gonna. It's not gonna be some soft landing. It's gonna be a crash. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're talking about another one and a quarter percent by December. Right. It's ridiculous. It's two two more hikes. Dumb. I mean, these yeah. guys are on. Yeah. They're smoking crack. Um. Basically, yes. They're. Uh, it's, they're you're talking about some, could be some real serious economic yep. pain. And they want to they want to get unemployment up to around four and a half percent. Not going to happen. Uh, I think somebody threw the number out to one point six million more jobs lost. Yeah, not going to happen. So sorry, you got a long way to go before that's ever going to happen. So how do folks get a hold of you, Scott? Sure, sure. SansburyInvestor.com. Uh, just come check out the free stuff. Come check out the paid stuff. We're going to Scott, as always, appreciate it very much, and uh, we'll talk to you here in a couple weeks. Look forward to it. Thanks for your Thanks, time. Thanks, man. Appreciate it very much. Affordable interest mortgages next again. Call Kurt Rogers. Find out exactly how this affects you, what you can do. Some of you still looking for the deals. They're out there. Got to get the financing handled, and Kurt can help you with that. 720-895-0500. With rates on the rise, how do you get the best rate? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. Did you know that when you get cash out or your FICO score is below a 740, or you're financing a condo versus a single-family home, it will cost you more in rate and fees. Many lenders are charging more. Stop paying it. At Affordable Interest Mortgage, we have lenders that don't charge. Trying to purchase a second home, or is your loan amount considered a high balance or jumbo? There they go again, charging you more. Take AIM, 720-895-0500. Let us show you a loan that doesn't charge more. Seeing a low rate but not reading the small print? 
only to realize all the extra costs and fees? Again, stop. Call 720-895-0500. Affordable interest mortgage. Quit paying fees and closing costs that are unnecessary. Get a low rate without all the extra costs. Let us show you how to save thousands. Call 720-895-0500 now. Affordable interest mortgage. 720-895-0500. Serving Coloradans for over 20 years. NMLS 298-191. Regulated by DORA. Golden Eagle Financial, again, Al Smith, who is our resident financial advisor, can help you directly where Scott, by the way, cannot. Nothing against Scott. He just can't do that in this state. So if you need something direct and you need something done for you, call Al Smith. Go to klzradio.com. Golden Eagle Financial can help you create a retirement plan with provisions which ensure that you stay financially secure as you move into retirement. Al Smith can help you add provisions to your plan so you know that when you do retire, you're protected. In retirement, you will need ready money for emergencies, growing assets to supplement your income, a good chunk of savings, and guaranteed funds. Al can help make your income last by selecting the right financial products. He'll help you increase your income when necessary. Al Smith can also help you prepare financially by conserving what you have so that you're protected in the case of unforeseen circumstances. Schedule a consultation for financial advising from Al Smith at Golden Eagle Financial. Go to klzradio.com slash money. That's klzradio.com slash money. Advisory services offered through Foundation Investment Advisors, an SEC registered advisor. All right, up next, Veteran Windows and Doors. Call Dave today, and he can help you with whatever need you have. And don't forget right now, through the month of September, 25% off. Find them at klzradio.com. Dave Bancroft, owner of Veteran Windows and Doors, is so confident in his quality, service, and fair prices that he challenges you to find three quotes from the competitors that even come close. Dave doesn't just go above and beyond your expectations. He does it all at up to half the cost. Veteran Windows and Doors is founded on the Marine Corps ideals of integrity, knowledge, and dependability, and Dave practices these principles in every deal he makes. That's why Veteran Windows and Doors prioritizes giving you the information you need to feel confident in your decision. Like their lifetime warranty on your purchase, they also offer a five-year installation guarantee and ensure that your energy efficiency ratings exceed the required code standards. Pay up to half the cost when you work with Veteran Windows and Doors. See the savings for yourself with a comparison quote. Now, for the month of September only, get 25% off when you mention KLZ Radio. Call Dave at 303-529-0720. That's 303-529-0720. Or visit klzradio.com slash windows. I'm Josh, a technician with Business Equipment Service. You know, the great thing about customer reviews is that you learn what customers say about a company rather than what a company says about themselves. If you're disappointed with the service you're getting from your copier company or you're considering replacing your old copier, take a look at our reviews at BESofColorado.com and learn why companies have been coming to us for nearly two decades. At Business Equipment Service, you don't get less, you just pay less. That's BESofColorado.com. As independent brokers, GIA Insurance does not work for any insurance company. They can shop the market and find you the best premium for the coverage that you need. Call 303-423-0162, extension 100, or go online to e-gia.com. It's time to leave your safe space. This is Rush to Reason on KLZ 560. 
All right, one thing I did not get a chance to get to that I may talk about tomorrow is the folks in California are going to do their best now to ban diesel trucks, semi-trucks and so on, by the year 2040 because they're racist. Yep, because they're racist. I can explain more tomorrow. It is, it's just lunacy. These people have literally lost their ever-loving mind. But like I always say, or have they? This is all part of the plan to destroy the country, I believe. And they're doing a good job of it, by the way. So we got to keep fighting. It's all we can do daily. Up next, National Carpet Roundtable. Speaking of fighting, that's what we do there. Listen to that as well. We'll be back tomorrow, though. Same time, same place. This is Rush to Reason. Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560.